Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. A hidden gem, no more. Enjoy one of the top stay and play packages in Manitoba at Oak Island Resort and Golf, just southwest of Brandon. Designed by one of the most prolific course architects in the country, you can enjoy over 6,600 yards of challenging and unforgettable golf amidst beautiful prairie wetlands and some of the best putting services on the planet. Once you put it out on 18, relax in one of the four fully equipped cabins on site while your hot dog or burger cooks on the BBQ. Or if camping is your thing, you can stay at one of the nearly 400 fully serviced sites. Book today by visiting oakislandmb.ca. Des and Andrea would love to see you down there. That's oakislandmb.ca to book your stay and play package now. Or click on the link in our pod show notes. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to a special off-season episode of 18 Over Par with Mike and JR. Proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by avid golf founder, Glendale member, and entrepreneur, Luke Bohanaki, a.k.a. Avid Luke. Well, this is a very special episode. I know we had our season finale, as we called it, right. about a month or so ago. Um, but this is something special. We've never done a winter one. We've done it when it's been cold outside during COVID, <laughs> when it's been very cold outside. At Studio A. At Studio A. Due to COVID rules, we had to do it outside, and it was very, very cold. So at least we're indoors, although it might be a little chilly outside. We are indoors here at Avid Golf on location. Super excited to be here because simulators have just seemed to pop up everywhere, whether it be across the country, across the world, and especially now here in mm-hmm. Winnipeg. And we're sitting across from... Well, you're the founder, the owner, entrepreneur. Founder's good. Founder's good. All right. Well, we'll stick with that. And I don't know if he's the founder, but we want to give a shout out to our season two sponsor, Bryce Malashewski. Yeah, certainly. Is he, uh, is he one of the founders? One of the founders. Of we'll just certainly call him that. Partner. Certainly, we can, <laughs> he certainly works there. We can, uh, we can have the fact checkers call us out on that, but he's the founder, the fashionista. <laughs> the fashionista. The Mista Mista, Bryce Malashewski. He's an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. And you can contact Bryce at 204 515 3446. We also got his info in our pod show notes. So thanks again, Bryce, for sponsoring us this year. We really do appreciate it. And as well, we're going to hook you up with some goodies from the Nick and Nicky group of DQs. 
because why not? Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to eat an ice cream cake when it's uh, minus 30 outside? <laughs> they got warm stuff, too. They do. They got the hot eats. So they do. check it out. Get some burgers, some stack stack burgers. Stack burgers. Not stackables like I give my daughter for lunch, <laughs> but stack burgers, which I give my daughter for dinner. Yeah. And you can check them out in person. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the food court where they also have an orange Julius. <laughs> DQ Niverville and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them at DQ Manitoba on Instagram. And as well, 2023, so that's coming up. But you can already book your stay and play packages at Oak Island. Really? Yeah. So we got to look at. I was going to email Andrea and Des and just be like, "Yeah, we got to get a crew out there. We got to get out in twenty twenty three. Got to get a bus. Get the freezer. Luke's coming with freezer us. truck going. <laughs> Heck yeah! Luke's there. He's bringing his foresight gear. <laughs> we're gonna put it in the DQ freezer truck. <laughs> put it on the back of the bus. And so in the cabins, when we're done playing golf on the course, right? We'll hook it up in the cabins. I'll do some simulator golf. How does that sound? Love it. That's the tough thing with foresight is it's either you get it on the ground or you put it in the ceiling. <laughs> if they built a hybrid <laughs> that in the summer you could take it down from the ceiling onto the ground, yeah. so many people would do that. Yeah, I got a reciprocating saw, so <laughs> we can just cut it out or something. <laughs> and gold floors. Gold floors. But this place, uh, we're sitting here at Avid Golf. It's beautiful here. They got a nice little bar area. I see the mountains in the background. What hole is that? Is that Banff Springs? or uh, You're looking at Kananaskis. Kananaskis. Mount Kid, fourth hole. Okay. Wow. Beautiful. What a beautiful scene as we, uh, we are sitting here. And an aptly placed fire alarm. Fire alarm. <laughs> and one of the mountains there. Yeah. They're safe here at Avid we appreciate that. Gotta be safe. Code check. Right? <laughs> we, got, we got occupancy. <laughs> We're open legitimately right now. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Well, it is a beautiful place. I had the chance to check it out a few weeks ago. Mike, this is his first time. He was hitting some balls, hitting some nice draws, hitting some nice cuts, some baby fades out there. You know, really working that dispersion. <laughs> it was tight. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was something I wanted, I got to work on. I've never even measured it before, so I oh, I was happy to hear that it, somebody said it was tight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into the tech in a little bit, but first, let's get into you a little bit, Luke, and how you actually got started in this game of golf. How did you get started in the game of golf? Yeah, so the start is probably like a lot of us. Uh, father took me out to Falcon Lake Golf Course, which... I think it was pretty privileged. That was where I played my first mm. memorable round. Mm -hmm. um, I remember going there. I remember seeing trick shot Sandy. Sandy Cursiva nice. was the pro at the time. I remember being out in there in the course with my father and my grandfather. I remember I shot a 144. It was memorable wow. because I went from 144 to 123 the wow. next time. It's as a percentage, that's not that's bad, really right? That's pretty good. That's shaving, that's shaving shots. So, yeah. you know, it probably by probably by my fifth or sixth round, I was already beating my dad. And sorry, dad, I that's you know that's not saying <laughs> I was shooting that low. That's saying my dad was shooting that high. But uh, you know, I've loved playing golf with him ever since. And um, yeah, you get into it as a junior golfer, you get seduced into that whole culture of being dropped off by your parent and you just show up, you hang out in the course and maybe you're not allowed to play as a junior until we would joke at Breezy Bend. We couldn't play until the sun went down and, you know, it'd be like 9 p.m. when we got out there. But no, you'd hang out, you chip, you'd putt, you'd do five bucks a putt. You would, uh, you know, you'd, 
you'd eat everything in the clubhouse. You would spend time in the driving range. You'd go out and play some rounds. You meet a lot of people. It was really cool, good times. And then I think like a lot of us, we get busy in life. And then we start thinking we don't have time for things like golf. Yeah. So I, for many years, I kind of stopped playing. I'd play the two rounds a year to satisfy my dad and to satisfy that group of buddies that always wanted to play, right? It didn't matter what I shot as long as I'm with them. And then it wasn't until recently, which I'm happy to dive more into, that led to my resurgence back into the world of golf as a young adult that's built a few tech companies, that's done my fair share of things in entrepreneurship and uh, saw A, an avenue to mix business with passion right here Mm -hmm. with Avid Golf, but also realized that life is really short and we actually can have our cake and eat it too. We can have fun while we're working. We can start our day by hitting a bucket of range balls before we open our computer and answer emails. And uh, I'm now looking at life quite a bit differently than I was just 12 months ago. That's awesome. Has that been the process then of this as maybe a brainchild of yours to putting it into brick and mortar? Yeah, I think if you want to do something great in golf or you want to do great something great in life, I think it you got to have energy about whatever you're doing. Right. So for me, it was just, I was waking up every day as a, let's, let's call my former self a software entrepreneur. And I was kind of in between projects and I just felt burnt out. So I thought, well, what would make me feel more energy when I wake up? Because I'm not going to have any good business ideas. I'm not going to have any good ideas for my clients. I'm not going to be creative if I don't have energy. And I thought, what gives me more energy than anything in life than hitting golf balls? So then I would just, every single day I would do that. And I think that's, I think that's part of the key. I, everybody's got to figure out their own, their own roadmap, their own Mm -hmm. template. But for me, it's like, that's the playbook. It's like, start with energy. And it was amazing. Then the more I would golf, the more money I would actually make, even though I was spending more time golfing than working because I had ideas because I would pick up the phone and make that other call to a client and close another another software project deal or find another marketing client. So it all starts with energy. Yeah, you got big golf energy for sure. Um, and if you do hear a few thuds in the background, that's not a body hitting the floor. <laughs> Those are balls hitting, what would you call them, screens? What are they? Yeah, Backdrops. it's loud in a golf simulator lounge because you have the golfer flushing the ball and then you have the ball flushing the projector screen. Mm-hmm. So it makes a loud thud and it's a pretty cool, satisfying sound too. When you hit it, it feels, it sure does. feels yeah, good. I mean, it sounds great and we're probably going to hear a few of them tonight I was, while well, I was listening to Mike. Got a few thuds out there beforehand. <laughs> got got a few thuds out. Few before. thuds, few duds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I was just happy not to hit the uh, the G-Hawk uh, <laughs> monitor uh, above me. Uh, I didn't want to top it or, or uh, bottom it, I guess, and then sky the ball into the uh, multi-thousand, tens of thousand-dollar machine. I'm sure, but like, uh, didn't Ryan Bell, past guest from season one, who I think also outfitted member of Glendale. Also outfitted some bar fridges here, did he not? Ryan Bell, yes. Belliandro. Shout yeah. out to Coast Appliances. Mm. Shout out to Coast Appliances, uh, Mr. DJ Freeze or DJ Maytag. DJ That's Maytag, yeah. yeah. Ready for the spin cycle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's, uh, I don't know, let's get back into mm. Avid Golf. And can you give us a rundown of what, what do you got all here? What do we got uh, behind the, the curtain here? 
Yeah, so six golf simulator bays, potting green, bar and lounge. That's the quick pitch. Uh, The idea is to make something more than just a simulator place. So that's where our whole idea, our whole catchphrase is where avid golfers hang out because that was really important for me. I'd, I'd sampled all the simulator places last year. Um, you know, I, I would, I'd go everywhere, everywhere from your Ross mirrors to your golf sons to, um, you know, to your St. Charles and breezy bend and Glendale simulators that the private clubs have, you know, you know, I would go to, you know, the golf dome and golf central. I kind of got to sample it all. Mm-hmm. And I took what I liked the most out of these experiences. And I took what I thought could be done a little bit different, a little bit better for the avid golfer specifically. So, you know, mm-hmm. I care exactly how far my driver carries. All I right. carry exactly I want to know exactly what kind of spin I'm going to get on my pitching wedge. I want, you know, one hop stop, right? I want to be able to hit, you know, a wedge, you know, be able to predict what's going to happen. I want it to be accurate. I want it to feel like it does in the summer, right? And that was important to me. So that was kind of what led me down this direction um, in choosing the particular tech that I went with in terms of foresight when there's all these different options out there, which it could seem like a maze. I'm sure you guys can appreciate that too, in terms of all the different brands that are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think at the end of the day for a golfer, just to be able to swing in winter, it's great, but I certainly made the choice to go with foresight and I'm pretty freaking happy about it. Yeah. Well, seeing some of the computers that Jake, I guess you have to have them to run it. Uh, those guys are beasts and you being in the software world and then in the tech space, I think I saw a post where he said these are these are the most expensive computers or workstations you've ever purchased or come into contact with. <laughs> well, I've also never purchased six computers at the same time. So individually, could you buy a more expensive computer? Yes. But, you know, when you make a decision like this, you're buying six computers. You're buying mm-hmm. six GC Hawks. You're buying, you know, you're buying turf for six bays. You're doing leasehold improvements for six rooms. You're buying acoustic paneling for six sets of walls. So, you know, and you're trying to make all of that experience very similar across rooms. And, uh, you know, ultimately when you're building these things, whether you're putting it in your basement or whether you're putting it in a place like this, that's 3,336 square feet, um, you need to think about what's realistic, right? There's always limitations. I wanted to build these bays a little bit different. I wanted to build it a little bit wider, a little bit more this, a little bit more that. But when you actually deal with a real space, you're like, how does this work? I talk to people all the time. They're like, oh, I my basement's perfect for it, but my ceilings are only nine feet. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. well, you know, are you okay with being able to hit everything up to Fairway Woods and Driver? And then maybe you come to a place like Avid Golf to hit the big stuff or how do you optimize your space? So that's been a whole interesting journey too. And just trying to make that work and give people a really good experience here. And again, I see it's not perfect, but hopefully those that come in will feel pretty dang good inside. Yeah. I mean, pretty high ceilings here. Well, I don't know, 16, 20 footers. Sandy could come in here with his uh, 10 foot driver and still get a <laughs> full swing in. Yeah. On. Yeah. Well, you did mention trick shot Sandy and Sandy being, uh, he's a pro now at Cinnaboyne 
golf course, and he was at Falcon Lake. He was at Hecla. He's been out west. He's been out east, down south, all over really Australia, down south in Australia. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can check out. He's on a couple episodes last year, season one of the pod. Santa Cruzeba, check him out. And another cool thing that I really like is you have professionals who do lessons here. But also, something I never thought of is you can take your pro, if you like working with someone, you can just take him here, rent a bay, and work on your game. And they get all the numbers. 100%. Yeah, that was really important for me. So I mentioned, like, where avid golfers hang out. And it's like, okay, what do avid golfers do? How do avid golfers behave? And that made me think about you should be able to come here, come come to play golf, and you should be able to come out and lose to your buddies. Then the next day you sign up for a lesson with a PGA certified coach. And then the next day you're back here implementing some of the stuff that the coach was telling you to do. And then the next day you come back and you beat those buddies that you lost to the days prior. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of blending the have fun and improve all at one. Mm. You know, you don't want to be too far on the improved side that people feel like it's just, it's just a professional studio. But you also don't want it just to be a bar. That's in terms of my vision for the place. I wanted both. Come here, have fun, enjoy stuff with your buddies. But who doesn't want to get better at the same time? So I thought it was just logical to blend the culture of improvement, to have some coaches here, uh, to be able to do some clinics and stuff like that as well. So a lot of options, a lot of doors open. Mm-hmm. And a few different pros working out of here uh, that I saw on the website. Uh, yeah, Brett Thompson, Bree, uh, Brianne, Brianne, Tukaruski, two case of whiskey, <laughs> Tukarski. We call her all the names. Take her whiskey. She's fucking good though. And uh, Darren McMillan, a uh, familiar name. Uh, I think he's at John Bl- John Blumberger now. Uh, previously at Kingswood, uh, I'd always see him there. But uh, that's good. That's good. You got a good uh, wide range of pros. And yeah, they are all they all offer something a bit different. And I had a chance to do a lesson with all three of them last year. You know, Darren brings more experience than you could probably find with any pro here, right? And he's very good because Darren will take every lesson, even though he knows so much, he'll treat every lesson like he's starting from scratch. You know, he'll really look at the golfer and whatever he's saying, it's unique for you, which is really cool. So it's been great working with Darren. Um, The McMillan family is famous in the golf community. I'm sure JR and Mike, you guys know this far too well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Brianne Tukaruski, it's been, it's been an honor working with her. She's my coach right now at the moment. She's been able to tell me to do things that nobody else has has been able to, to unlock swing changes or unlock swing improvements. Um, a lot of stuff, just a lot of stuff. I'm trying to figure out how to shallow my golf club and she's getting me to shallow my golf club by not thinking anything with my upper body, but just focusing on my hips and my rotation with my lower body. So kind of an aha moment with mm-hmm. her. Um, and you can have aha moments with anyone, but I just specifically had one with her. She's been phenomenal. You guys know she won junior coach of the year award with mm-hmm. golf Manitoba awards and, uh, and Brett Thompson, um, you know, Brett won the PGA of Manitoba tournament this year. Um, I had, I had met him in the summer. Fantastic guy, really good blend of, you know, he'll give you some of the technical stuff, but he'll give you something very specific to work on. And, um, you know, thrilled to have, uh, have two young pros here in Brianne and Brett. And, uh, 
that package gives some option to everybody. I tell everybody, take one session, see who you build good rapport with, who gives you the right the right aha moment. And uh, I've worked with all three and I couldn't be happier. And they're saying that they are working out of Avid Golf has been huge in terms of bringing in new people. So yeah. um, super grateful to have all three of them call this place a part-time home. What's, uh, what do those packages look like? Those session, those uh, PGA training session packages look like, or you just book one hour or you can get a few different ones? Yeah, so you can get an hour, you can get a three pack. We tried really hard to make it affordable to do it in a simulator lounge like this. So Avid Golf subsidizes the coaching session, I would say heavily. The coach takes a couple dollars less because you don't want to stack on, like in the summer, you have so many spots on a driving range, it's economically efficient to take a lesson in the summer. The benefit of doing it somewhere like Avid Golf or where you have the tech is it's a tool for the coach, right? To be able to not only help the student visualize what they need to improve, but um, you know, it's actually providing the coach that insight. Like when you match, when you put some stickers on the clubs and you get club head data and you can show the student, you know, you're not hitting up on your driver. That's why, you know, or you're able to show them, look at your face to path, or you're able to show them some of these data points, you know, could be very simple. Like, Hey, I, Brianna was telling me, she's like, Hey, you see your online offline number. I want to be within 15 yards. It's like, okay. Yeah, or you see your, you see your launch angle. It was four degrees less last week. And now what we're working on, it's four degrees up. This is where it needs to be really, really cool. So at the end of the day, it's a couple dollars more expensive than it would be to take it in the middle of the summer. And, uh, and we're pretty happy about it. And again, it's just another good thing to offer. If, if an avid golfer would want it, we're trying to do it. It's the same thing with stuff like club fittings and demo events. An avid golfer wants to try the new clubs when they drop. So we got to have a way for them to check those out here, right? Why not game the new Callaway, the new TaylorMade, the new Ping, the new Mizuno, the new Titleist driver right here? Wow. So do you work with some of the reps then closely as well when you mentioned the manufacturer's brands or does it doesn't really matter to you? It's just, we got a place here. You want to golf? You want to hit some sticks? Come do it. Any of the major club brands I'm building relationships with now just because I want to have that door open. Are we going to be a big retailer? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah. do we want to have some demo clubs here? Do we want to do a demo day? for the particular brands. Do we want to do a multi-vendor demo day and put six different brands, one Ooh. in each of the bays, That'd be good. push it to the media of like, hey, let's start to get excited about golf while there's mm -hmm. still snow on the ground, while there's just that appetite starting to build. So people can start practicing with the clubs they're going to be using for the 2023 season. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we should do it, regardless mm -hmm. of the economics, regardless of can we make money doing it. I want to try the new drivers, so we should be able to do that here. We take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Well, Bryce, it's uh, it's great to uh, to have you on and to have a quick chat. My first question is, uh, what can an investment advisor like yourself from Endeavor Wealth uh, do for me, and how can that differ from my my current experience of trading with Wealthsimple uh, just based on my 
the recent Twitter feeds. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on, you guys. Yeah, d- discount brokers like Well Simple uh, certainly have their place, uh, but at, at the end of the day, you get what you you pay for. Uh, those platforms are very limited in what they offer, and they're more ideal for just basic trading. So if that's what you're looking to do, and it, it's really not a bad platform for that. But what we do at Endeavor, uh, we take a more holistic approach. Uh, we examine an individual's needs, uh, both short-term and long-term, and we go way beyond just investments. We look for tax opportunities, ensuring the decisions you are making today uh, minimize your overall tax that you might be paying. Uh, we also help our clients address estate and insurance needs. So really anything we can do to uh, assist in your overall wealth management approach. And going back to some of those discount brokers and, and, and things that you see on the internet, uh, a lot of times people don't realize the amount of intrinsic risk that they're taking on with with making some of those trades. And so finding balance is, is another key thing that we do for our clients at, at Endeavor. That was Bryce Malashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. Nice. The new Yonix driver. <laughs> I forgot who that was that had that Yonix driver. Was it Colwyn? It could have been. <laughs> He's got some weird. It could have been. Sticks. It, it could have been. That's cool. That's season cool. one. Check season one. Check it out. Um, so, what is? Is there a specific foresight technology that that you have here? Um, I believe it. Well, I know I already read it, so this is a stupid <laughs> question. But you, so you got GC Hawk. That's the ones in the ceiling, yeah. and then, but it's similar technology to the uh, quad four that or quad that's on the ground. I think that a lot of the pros are using. Yeah, and I think that's the coolest selling feature, perhaps for the for the hawk. Is it's the same tech as the quad, and I'm able to tell people that I'm able to show them a picture of I think it was the Houston Open just a couple weeks ago and there's like a picture taken of the driving range and you see every single pro Mm. has this box on the ground right beside them and you can tell it's a quad Mm -hmm. and I just think that's so cool that's such a big thing for us to be able to say the pros use this and now so can you Mm. and there's a reason why they use it there's a reason why golf towns around Canada are using the uh, the foresight product again I don't want to I don't want to make this, you know, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Yes, I think <laughs> I think Foresight is the best indoor product. I'll say that from an accuracy perspective, the hardware I think is the best. Do I think their software is perfect? No. No, there's little bugs, little glitches. There's things they should tighten up. I'm telling everybody to play Cabot Cliffs right now and on hole 17 if you hit it to the right. Good luck getting out. You know, there's a couple things that aren't perfect. But again, if you care about the numbers, if you're an avid golfer, in my opinion, is it's a really good product to check out. And the fact that the pros are using it just makes it all the more cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know... Well, I started looking into the technology today because I, I didn't know there, you know, what's the difference between all of these. And I guess I just thought everyone was using TrackMan, which is like right. a, a radar-based, uh, I don't know, launch monitor. But these use 
uh, Foresight uses cameras. Yeah, it's taking pictures. It's taking a few thousand pictures per second. That's that's wow. what I understand. So it's seeing frame by frame. Yeah. Millisecond, microsecond by microsecond. Right. It's seeing what's happening to that club, what's happening to that ball, what's happening to that club as it contacts that ball. People come in here and they think, oh, it needs to hit the screen. It's like, no, it has nothing to do with the screen. Mm -hmm. In the first two feet of ball flight or ball roll, the the technology knows everything it needs to know. Mm -hmm. and it, know it knows too much. <laughs> it knows <Is> it sentient. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's it it knows a lot, and uh, and it's a good indoor product from that perspective because it doesn't need a full ball flight. If the cool thing about TrackMan is it tracks the entire flight. Okay, uh, you yeah. can't argue with that when you can see an entire flight. Right. My question is, when it can only see ten feet, is it making too many assumptions? when right. it's trying to calculate stuff. But again, wow. it comes back down to the fact, if you're swinging in winter, you're doing great. If we're trying to choose between what technology is better. Again, my personal opinion is there are some real advantages between how Foresight's technology works. And I would also say the other challenge with TrackMan is if you wanna put it indoors, you need a space that has, it's longer, because you need to put it further back behind people. Mm. So it wouldn't even work in a space like Avid Golf. So it wasn't even a thought because constructurally it wouldn't work. Plus it's not ceiling mounted. So if one person, if I overserve JR rum and cokes <laughs> and he kicks the thing, yeah. then, I'm, yeah. then I'm out of a, I'm out of a unit. Yeah. So that's, that's my perspective. And that's my perspective today. It might change in five years, but I think it's pretty dang accurate. And I'm having a lot of fun using it. Yeah. Well, though, getting into the actual costs of it, and for, well, first of all, I'll mention uh, we're on Taylor Ave here in yeah. River Heights, so between Route 90 and Waverly, which is right by my house, which is awesome, right by Studio A, pretty close it's, to uh, Mike. It's a 300-yard drive away. <laughs> is, yeah. is that why you brought your toothbrush? <laughs> <laughs> I brought my overnight kit, so get ready for it. But I, I remember speaking with TrickShot Sandy, because they used to have a simulator. Now, this would have been 20, 25 years ago in Charleswood, so not too, too far away from where we are now. And they used to have, I believe, the little sensors on the screen. So you mentioned... Oh, you know, it doesn't really matter about it hitting the screen anymore, but I'm pretty sure they had a bunch of these sensors sensors behind the screen. And at that time, Sandy was saying, like, these sim simulators are like $80,000 wow. a piece. Mm. And it wasn't talking about acoustic paneling, grass, astroturf, whatever. It was just the simulator itself with the screen and everything. I'm like, wow, that's an insane amount of capital. And the accuracy was shit. <laughs> I remember you could go up there and you could slice the ball and you would literally hit the side of the screen and then boom, just a dart right down the middle with your driver. And now having seen this, it's like, yeah, it's a little right. bit better now. Their technology yeah. has changed for the better. Sure. And it, it can help your golf game. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. um, and it does it need to be at this level? I think every level it provides something. Like all winter last year, I was, I was at the golf dome most days I had a membership this most economically affordable way mm -hmm. to play golf every day was to spend the maximum one hour allotted to a member per day <laughs> outside of peak time at the golf dome and uh, and I bought a $700 Garmin G80 and I put that beside my ball and and that made the golf dome for me interesting 
because I didn't know my left, right, online, offline, face, path, angles, all that stuff, but it would tell me my carry distance. Mm-hmm. And to me, like that was pretty cool. I could think, and it would tell me my ball speed, my club head speed. So I could figure out how to go from swinging a driver, you know, 95 to 110. I could figure out exactly how far my nine to three and 10 to two. And, uh, you know, I use the clock face method for my wedges right. and it's like, I could figure out the eight to four, nine to three and 10 to two yeah. with a 52, 56 and 60. Yeah. Then take that out to the course. And lo and behold, I stopped missing greens from 50 yards thinking that was a 50 yard shot. Right. It's like, no, I know my 50 yard shot. And that saved me a, a whole bunch of strokes there and made up for me spraying them wildly off the tee all summer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, then it's like, what, what, what does the next level of tech look like? Right. When you start to add in, not just the carry distance, but you start to add in online, offline, what does it start to add in when you can see come into place like avid golf and you can see a picture of exactly where you caught every single ball on the club base? Like that's cool. I think I hit it on the toe, but where on the toe? High toe, low toe, I'm not good enough to know, but if I see the picture enough times and I can correlate that with what I thought, I'll figure it out. Or I can look at the data and I could see, you know what, I'm spinning my 20 yard, 60 degree little wedge chip shot around the green, I'm spinning it at 5,000 RPM. How do I get it up to 6,000? Then you start to figure out, oh, this is this is what they mean about play the bounce. This is what they mean about you need to accelerate through the ball in order to generate the most spin. This is what they mean by you get a little bit more spin if you catch it more on the toe than towards mm-hmm. the heel. Let me write that down there. Sorry. That was a lot of information. <laughs> and you can test that stuff out, Mike. That's the cool thing. Yeah, no, very cool. And and you talk about uh, online, offline. That's that dispersion we were talking about. And there was certainly a lot of people uh, uh, talking about that. In, yeah, Jordy. In Jordy Lutz. Jordy Lutz. He was yeah, talking about dispersion. of Prairie uh, Scratch Tour. And we might yeah, get a little bit we'll of get into that yourself. too. But uh, I had a quick uh, session here at Avid Golf before we started recording today. And... Um, and uh, Luke complimented me on my dispersion, which was mm. pretty surprising. But that's something I've never tracked before. Uh, I don't go to the range a lot, as I've said. you know, Or at all. <laughs> and even if I did go to the range, I'm not getting this data. And then uh, the other thing that you were just talking about is the distance gaps between my clubs. You know, I'm kind of guessing. Yeah. like, and, and with one club, it was kind of funny. I hit it. Uh, you know, it was like a seven iron that I hit. 150 and then the next shot I hit at 180 or something crazy like that. I, I honestly asked you, was, like, was that the same club? <laughs> so that's something in my swing. But but if I had those numbers with me or in my head on the course, like you said, I could hit a lot more greens mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, aim correctly, reducing risks out there. So that, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll be back. Uh, <laughs> continuing on the tech and the brought ev- his overnight advancement too, of the tech. <laughs> it said there was a barom- barometric, uh, barometric sensor in the G-Hawk. Thing, uh, well, not a G-Hawk thing, but uh, I was measuring air pressure, which was kind of interesting. So it's taking that into consideration too, which I don't know how, you know, you're inside and 
I don't know if it's it's not like it's adjusting it like if you're playing it uh you know somewhere in thailand versus arizona or something i think it was where you are located and maybe i dug too deep on the technology but well you're going down a rabbit hole there but that's interesting though because again you can play you can play with factors like you can adjust the temperature right you can adjust the elevation to sea level you can adjust obviously stuff like wind direction. Yeah. You can adjust the, how firm of a balance it will be. And people forget like, oh, you're really meaning if it's 90 degree Fahrenheit weather versus 80 degree Fahrenheit weather, my ball's gonna travel differently? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we have settings on what we recommend, but um, it's cool to give that control to the golfers. Yeah. And it's also cool when you're practicing, honestly, to reduce as many of those variables as possible. <laughs> I don't need a windy driving range, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can do it, might as well do it. <laughs> well, so we, we do a juice long drive competition. So we did, we, we were privileged uh, to be partnered with uh, the Prairie Scratch Tour and Jordy Lutz and Ben Bandura and, um, and a bunch of great folks at that organization. And it's very cool because we got like the exact same mandate, which is, you know, how do we... How do we turn golf into a 12 month sport? How do we give more opportunities to grow competitive athletes and giving these athletes more chances to compete? Like all that's really cool. You know, you shouldn't have to be limited to only using places like the golf dome in the winter. Again, golf dome is great, I love it, but there's a next level you would like to think the technology is there and, and golfers want it. So why can't we do more for our athletes? So we hosted uh, the Prairie Scratch Tours, you know, year end event here just a couple weeks ago. It was awesome having, you know, 30 of the best golfers in Manitoba all in this building at the same time. And yeah, one thing we did is we did a juiced up driving range <laughs> as a little fun challenge. Um, you know, we let put it downwind, highest elevation, mm-hmm. hottest conditions. And, you know, it's pretty fun watching people hit, you know, like 421 yards, wow. I think, was the, the winning <laughs> wow. drive. So a lot of fun in terms of what you can do for that technology to improve your game. But you can have a lot of fun with it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Yeah. I like downwind all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it much. <laughs> Although it is getting windier here. It's pretty windy. It's been the pretty, windy it was a windy uh, September, October there. So with the Prairie Scratch Tour and their tournament, I also noticed you're doing some as Avid Golf, doing some scramble tournaments as well. So is that a monthly thing, semi-monthly thing, or just something you're trying to do as much as possible to get people here? Yeah. So again, wanting to make this, make this space fun, mm-hmm. accessible, um, and just do things a bit different. And I think that with the layout of our space, you know, you guys have seen how all the bays are. It's kind of like all the bays kind of come to, they're all private, but they all kind of come together in the center. Mm-hmm. So I think events like scrambles are perfect because you build the camaraderie with everybody else in the space, get a whole bunch of people in here at the same time. So definitely thinking what we could do in terms of some of these group style events, you know, I'm getting asked 30 times a day, oh, are you guys going to do a league? Are you going to do a league, 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 league? And we might, but I just think that there's other interesting options out there in terms of events. And Scramble just came top of my mind because Scramble, 
you're not worried if somebody's sandbagging based on what their handicap is. Scramble, you're not so worried about, you know, if you hit two balls OB on the first tee box. It's not going to ruin your night, right? So I think there's a lot of good things about Scramble. Um, It makes it, again, fun and accessible for everybody. So, and we put out a message, like, who wants to do a Scramble? And, like, it's sold out in 24 hours for 24 spots, it's like, great. So then just a few days, yesterday, mm-hmm. yesterday morning, I put out a message and we sold out before I could even send the email hmm. because of the Instagram post. Wow. So then I had to adjust the email script to say <sighs> Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like we transformed it into a two day event because one of the days was essentially already full pending anybody that wants to move over the Tuesday. So anyways, lots of appetite for this kind of stuff. Um, and if it's fun, we're going to do it. So I think it's a good way to introduce the space. But again, for the reasons mentioned before, I think in order to grow the game of golf, we need to reduce some of the barriers. And I think sim golf can actually be great for that. You don't need to go in, in a, you know, in a tightly knit dress code. You don't need to take five hours off during the workday. You don't need to necessarily have a membership to a private country club. You don't need to, you don't need to hit great shots, right? That's the good thing about a scramble, (laughs) right? You can hit one, what golfer can't hit one out of 20 shots straight and great. Mm. So again, just I I could name a few. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we're having fun with some of these formats and we'll see what we do next. Yeah, yeah. That uh, the scramble course that you had posted there that I saw looked pretty challenging. Lots of hazards. I for, the name escapes me of what course, yeah, but hidden shoals. So first one we wanted to do one everybody knew. We did it on Pebble, Pebble Beach. You know, and I was thinking, okay, we could do one on St Andrews. We could do one on Spyglass. We could pick another course, you know, like a Carnoustie or something, and have some fun. But uh, then I just thought. Let's do something that, yeah, something that is a little bit more challenging. Mm -hmm. And again, the thing about a scramble is you only need one ball to be a great ball. So if it is challenging and spicy, that might be a good thing for this kind of format, right? One person hits a great shot. Awesome. Moving on to the next shot. One person hits a great shot. Awesome. So I think we want to kind of roll off that idea. We'll do different kinds of things. I don't know what's going to work. Maybe this course will be too challenging. You're totally right. But I I definitely wanted to try it. I wanted to be ambitious and see what we can do. As I was talking to you about before the episode today, Mike, these simulators, the technology can do a lot of things that a lot of people don't know in terms of how you can play, how you can practice. So I think one of my goals this winter is to show some of that off, show the people that there are some really unique ways to have fun and improve in a space like this. Yeah. Yeah. And on the Instagram points, I mean, you made a great video of you you know, making a putt there, kicking it in after you're vacuuming the putting green. That was pretty cool. That we saw. So where can we get you on Instagram? (laughs) What's the handle? I mean, we'll post to it in our show notes, but might as well get the get it from the horse's mouth here. Yeah, you want my personal handle or the business or the both? The business one, or if you want to give both, sure, we'll take them both. There we go. My first and last name is my is my personal one, and the business one is at avid underscore golf underscore Winnipeg. Perfect. And that's incredible to hear the feedback 
for the scramble and the scrambles, I guess you could say. Uh, I shouldn't guess you could say. You can say for the scrambles of just how how much people want to golf in the winter. And we saw it through COVID. And in the summer, we saw the golf courses packed. Is there a summer golf course that you play at or have you played at? Are you a member anywhere? Yeah, I was a member at Breezy Bend as a junior, and I am a member at Glendale Golf and Country Club as an adult and as a young adult. And that's one of the main reasons why I went there, why I was attracted to go there. A, I think uh, logistics is an important thing to me. I live five minutes away from Avid Golf. It's the saving (laughs) grace when you're working 14, 18 hour days as an entrepreneur and as honestly anybody in the golf business because I'm realizing it's not just me working 14, 18 hour (laughs) days. Like Darren is like, yeah, I've had a lot of those days, you know, with Darren (laughs) McMillan running a lot of the golf courses Mm -hmm. ranging from, you know, Kingswood to now Bloomberg. Um, you know, and, and it just seems like a lot of people in the golf business work really hard. So anyways, I live five minutes from here. I wanted a five to 10 minute drive to a golf course that really limited the number of options. And Glendale has a really good group of young men. And that was important to me as a place that I was going to show up a few times a week to play join men's night, which was probably the best decision ever personally and business wise Mm. for kind of creating awareness and buzz for this space. But, um, just as somewhere to go and make friends and hang out and just show up and know somebody on the range. I'm sure you could do that at a lot of places, but Glendale was extremely welcoming to do that. Um, I think James Chapman is phenomenal in terms of the work that he's doing there. I had a chance to work a bit with Derek Goodwin And uh, it's amazing. Derek made me realize that um, you can watch all the YouTube you want to try to (laughs) self-coach. But what what Derek, (laughs) you've been there? Uh, What Derek could show me in, yeah, what Derek could show me in five minutes was more than I could figure out in 50 hours. And I think that that, from that moment of that one lesson I had with Derek when I met him at Glendale, it was just like realizing, wow, the power of finding a coach and finding the right coach for you. It's we're stupid not to spend the money on these pros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We interviewed Derek Goodwin in uh, season one, absolute mm-hmm. golf professor. And, uh, <laughs> and after that, I don't think I watched another YouTube video. <laughs> On golf. On golf. I was like, is he anti YouTube? What's going on here? Yeah. Not a big Google guy. Anything Google owns, not for it. That's not true. I uh, 100% Android user here. So, anyway. With the Google Docs. Well, they see that. People would have poked hole in that if you're a regular listener of the pod. You know how much I love Mike and his ability to do Google Docs. Oh. (laughs) Great Google Google Docs and then uh, a great. research tool. Yes. Well, yeah. Great Googler. hundred percent reliable. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I got, I got some stuff here, but, uh, yeah. What do you got there? Well, Taylor? advocating for the professional, uh, Mike and I, case in point, having started this show out of a love of, of golf in the game, trying to do some creative during COVID and then meeting all these professionals or people that are good at golf, some people that aren't so good at golf, but just chatting with them about the game, but getting to hear and work with these CPGA professionals. I know for me, it certainly has changed my game along with playing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And Mike actually seeing him out there, we played with Colwyn at Southwood and just seeing Mike play with a professional, telling Mike kind of what to do, 
and how to do it. And you played pretty darn well. Not so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just got to get some direction, some proper direction. And, and now we got another place to do it. That's right. Well, even mentioned you can take in your own pro here. Like if I wanted to say come with Sandy and bang it around for an hour. Yeah. That's cool. Where 100%. Sandy's <laughs> quickly becoming a, a resident coach <laughs> of no avid shit. golf as well. So, you know. We, you could say we have three coaches. I, I'd say we have four. Sandy's mm-hmm. been here a lot. And the good thing is, is these coaches are getting involved too. I love seeing, I love seeing Sandy sign up for last, the last scramble tournament we had. Or Darren is now going to be part of the next scramble tournament. Great. It's cool to see that. It's cool to see the interactions between the coaches. Like, you know, and they're having chats on the putting green at Avid Golf. They're talking to the you know the avid golfers that are regulars here those little little moments little conversations that's definitely what i want to build here in terms of you know maybe you have a tea time maybe you don't maybe your tea time finished an hour ago and you're still lingering and you're watching the jets game finish on the tv or you're going to come on you're going to come on saturday night this week and you're going to watch uh, the match with you know uh, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy versus Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. Like, where are you going to watch that? You're going to watch that at home by yourself, or if you're going to go out somewhere, you're not going to watch it at Earl's or Moxie's, <laughs> right? So I'm watching something else when I'm there. There we go. My drinks. <laughs> watch out for people spiking your drinks. There's your Christmas PSA. There Holiday we go. PSA. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I might have to book a tea time for Saturday night. So someone who hasn't been to a simulator before, how long does it take typically to play, Mm. say, 18 holes of golf? That's a good question. Yeah, we definitely, we're spending a lot of time with people that are here for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, To answer your question directly, we recommend 45 minutes to an hour per person. That's pretty consistent across some experiences. Like, that's what I was doing at Golf Sawn all last winter where I hung out and where I fell in love with golf simulators myself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, 45 minutes to an hour. Again, it could take a little bit longer if you're, you know, more towards the hour than the 45. If are you warming up at the driving range? Are you playing with auto putt turned on? So you're not making any putts that can save a whole bunch of time. What's your skill level? Like what's your handicap, right? What's your familiarity with the system and what you're clicking around from time to time on? Mm. So all that can change the time of a session, but 45 minutes to an hour, you can have a lot of fun. That's pretty stereotypical for your average session. And we spend time, we as in myself and my spouse and business partner, Kate, spend a lot of time being hands-on with customers for their first time here. Maybe they have tried golf on simulators. Maybe they did try the raw smear simulators that are using TrackMan, but maybe they haven't tried a foresight simulator or maybe they have, but they just tried it in golf town and didn't really get to click around very much. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're kind of walking them through, helping them pick the right course, helping them choose the right conditions and rules for the game. And then showing them how to set up their shots, how to go to the computer and make their few clicks, little caddy tips about how hard to hit a putt based on elevation change or stuff like that. You know, so Luke's 45 second spiel, I call it, um, you know, 
probably saves some people some strokes and hopefully leaves them with a better experience. Because if I don't put in that 45 seconds or if I don't catch them, sometimes I'll still see on hole 16, they're aimed straight bush. And I'm like, do you know where you're aimed? And they're like, oh, that's why I've been in the trees all game. So I feel like that's something that it's really important for us as like stewards of the technology to go that extra step because some people it's super intuitive. Other people, they might just miss one thing Mm -hmm. and that's going to impact their experience. Mm -hmm. You know, the product can be great, but you don't know one thing about the tech or the room is too small or the lighting is off. Little things like this can impact your experience. There's too much glare coming in from the windows outside. Right. So we're trying to be cognizant of all that when we, when we have somebody come here and when they come here for their first time, especially. Yeah. All that can certainly uh, affect your, your first experience, especially if you don't know how to use it and you're not set up properly. You talked about the auto pot and that's something I had not heard about. And we had talked about it uh, prior to this recording and um, maybe just explain that. Cause it's something that does take putting takes a long time. I remember at being a, a golf uh, golf zone before kind of learning how to putt there I was putting it back and forth and the I think it was a 15 foot gimme range and I was still putting back and forth <laughs> and that lengthened the you know the uh, the time that I was there yeah so if you got to pick the most unrealistic part of the experience it's the putting right it mm. I feel like Foresight really tries hard to be realistic because you actually need to play the break. Like you'll actually put it out to the right or out to the left, depending on the break. It's challenging compared to some of the other setups, but it's super rewarding when you do make like a 25 to 45 foot putt. I don't make a lot of them, but when they do, it's a hallelujah kind of moment. But yeah, so it's the most unrealistic piece, so why not remove it? Plus, if you remove it, you can spend way more time just working on flushing shots, right? So um, you can tear through rounds, and I I would have to do the exact math, but you might shave 30%, 40% of your time off if you're not doing any putting, right? Especially if you're putting back and forth and back and forth and back (laughs) and forth. So auto putts are really cool because it's not just saying, okay, you got it on the green, we're giving you two putts. Two putts from 10 feet, two putts from 40 feet, two putts from 140 feet. It's based on PGA Tour averages, which is pretty dang generous for us. And it's giving you a decimal point. So it'll say like 1.44 putts or 2.07 putts. So you'll finish around with a decimal point, which some people might say that's weird, but I would say that's awesome because it's incentivizing me to get as close as I can to the pin on every shot. And if I'm playing against you guys and I keep getting just inside where your ball is, we could both hit the same number of greens in regulation but I could beat you by three or four shots right. because I was tighter to the pin once I got on the green. So I think it's, I think it's a really good feature and it's a way that I'll often play to just get through more golf. Yeah. You know, that's cool. I liked, I liked the sound of that. Smart. Yeah. It sure beats the old simulator that they had in Charleswood there. <laughs> they just wanted to throw my putter at the fucking screen. The next thing you know is a 300 yard drive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had one more question, Mike. I know you may have a few more, but just to talk about the food and drink here. So you're licensed here. I saw a little piece of heaven bringing some pizza. So how does that all work? Yeah. So like we didn't want to be a a commercial kitchen here. Mm -hmm. 
wanted to save the hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and not building all this all the ventilation and mm-hmm. whatnot and you know luke doesn't want you know let's say let's say darren or brett or Bree pick up a shift here as coaches i think that'd be phenomenal they've all agreed to do it just to put it into perspective mm. Do I want the coach to have to make a sandwich for the golfer? It's ridiculous, right? Darren, Darren makes some pretty good poutine. <laughs> I don't know. The schnitzel. Yeah, have to talk to Shout out to Darren. Shout out to Darren and Darren's poutine. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, but I don't want that. I don't want that. So what we do is we've got prepackaged sandwiches and wraps. We have Miss Vicky's chips. We have um, cranked energy bars. And in addition to that, we have a partnership with a little pizza heaven. Matt Stevenson is an avid golfer at Glendale. So the partnership was natural. You work with golfers as much as you can, right? Mm-hmm. You work with a non-golfer when you have to. That's kind of how I'm approaching this business. Yep. And this way I could bring in a really good product to golfers and we just basically pass on the cost. Um, so it's not something that we're you know marking up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's great pizza. It's not where we expect to make money. So why not offer something good? And then of course on the, you know, on the beverage side of things, we got your Coca-Cola products. We got your fancy schmancy espresso machine doing uh, lattes, cappuccinos, Americanos, all these O's that, <laughs> and I'm not a coffee drinker. Cheerios. Cheerios. <laughs> no Cheerios. But yes, we're going to be licensed within the next week or so. Okay, so nice. I would imagine by the time anybody's hearing this, we're going to be licensed. It's just been a, a bit of a roadmap getting there. But I think it's really, I think that's the second, from a business perspective, that's the second most important way that we'll make money Yeah, is by selling booze and uh you know we'll have a good selection of local craft beer we'll have you know a few domestics few imports then we'll have your house wines we'll have your rum and cokes likely we'll have a few signature cocktails but i think the emphasis is is beer i'm amazed how many times i'm asked because we had to open because of our circumstance without a liquor license i just want to wear a t-shirt that explains all this because you don't realize until you do something like this, it just confirms a lot of things that you think, but even more so it's like, okay, golf is not just related to beer, but golf and beer is like the same conversation for like 80% of people. Right? Not wrong. No, no, I've seen it grown up at a Cinnaboyne golf and country club, the Royal Cinnaboyne. I've seen it. Just about any golf course, I'm sure. People yeah. have seen it as well. Everywhere. I'm very it's excited. Synonymous with golf. It's synonymous with golf. And so we therefore we have to have it. And you know, we're so much is going to the extent of we're gonna be launching the Avid Golf branded beer. Very nice. Oh, very so nice. In partnership with Brazen Brewery, we're gonna have our own beer. And I think that's just really cool too. So mm-hmm. we're for sure gonna be serving up the bevies and again to utilize a space like this. Come and watch the sports on TV, the local sports action. Come and hang out. Come and participate in scrambles. Come and get coaching. Come and play in practice. Booze has to be part of that equation. (laughs) Not for me. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. It doesn't not help my game. So I don't know why. Some people do better, though, when they drink. I think Mm -hmm. some of the best golfers in the province 
are known reputation wise for having some drinks Ooh. when they're playing and drop their names right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They've probably been on the pod before. Yeah, no, I think it could go either way. Season and three. <laughs> yes, season three. <laughs> Golf's a very social game, and yes. people I, like to socially. I drink. feel like we should all be bringing a breathalyzer onto the golf course because there's probably a sweet spot in terms oh, yeah. of like how much alcohol you should have in your system, right? If you can maintain that equilibrium, there's your keep, next software project. Keep having yeah. the odd sip. It's like no, if I go over like point one is high, right? What's the is that point zero eight? Yeah, that's so the point limit. One would be would be higher than I think. Wouldn't I think that be past so. it? So let's say point zero eight or point eight. Is it? I don't know. We should probably know this. <laughs> oh my it's god, a huge <laughs> difference. But whatever that sweet spot is, if you could stay in the zone, maybe that could uh, could impact your score on the golf course. So yeah, I've seen yeah. Levy. Well, Matt Levins, who's been uh, on the show a couple times, season one. You mentioned the swing zone, which I think is that same sort of zone oh, of yeah. alcohol or blood alcohol content right. to three and a half beers, <laughs> three and a half beers, and, then and it gets in the swing one zone. fireball shot. And <laughs> that's the swing zone. And, and a shirt that's too tight. <laughs> I'm, I'm not wearing a shirt after three and a half beers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we got to play. We got we to play, play sometime. Yeah, when it's licensed, we're going to play. We'll there have we go. three before we'll that. We'll have three avid golf beers. Or three and a half avid golf beers. Yeah. Maybe if we're using decimal points, maybe it's three point two. We don't know. We can find out though. More experimentation to come. Yes. There we yes. go. Well, that was it for questions for me, Mike. I know your mind is swirling right now. <laughs> well, it's swirling right now because you could start adding in the number of beers you've had to the to the software, and then it would like track the number of your beers, and then like give you data based on that. And mm-hmm. that you can, can, you can write that in. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like, that's a funny example, but like, there's so many examples like that, that I just see every day. Like it would just be so cool. So there's a product that's being built out of Avid Golf and I don't want to go into detail. It's not my story to tell, but this is, is a good example of how this space is being utilized. Working on building... I would say next generation technology to be used outside of a place like Avid Golf out in the course that would be capable of telling us, you know, that one drive in the round that you hit horribly and it costs you a couple strokes because you put it in the drink or for me, I keep on the eighth hole at Glendale, I'll keep putting it in somebody's front yard. You know, not even the backyard. I put it so far, it goes over the house, the front yard where the kids are playing. Um, yeah, it's not safe anywhere. They shall be wearing umbrella hats, but that's a different story. As but, long as you don't hit the hotel there. What's the hotel? Because that's the wrong way. The Hojo. The Hojo, yeah. Is that the Hojo? There's a Hojo there and then like a Motel 8 or whatever. Yeah, what's one of Super those? Super 6. Yeah, you don't want to be hitting that and way. And then the, uh, the chick- chicken place there. Anyways, we were getting too far. <laughs> yeah. We know St. James. But when you're hitting, when you hit that one shot, that's just like, it's hitting the motel. That's, that's, it's hitting the house. And then you flip that and you say, there was that one shot that I absolutely flushed off the tee. Perfect trajectory, perfect baby drop, perfect this, perfect that. Must have carried 30 yards further than my playing mates. Like new technology that's being worked on here will be able to show you that swing Mm. and actually where your club moved Mm. in space. Oh, nice. Comparatively. And how cool would that be to just realize, geez, I started falling apart on the back nine. What fell apart? 
what changed? Mm. Of course, it could be something in your mind and that's probably where it's probably more mental game than anything right, else. Yeah. But I'm so curious if you could show me what my swing was like mm-hmm. versus so what like, my swing was like when I hit my best shot. Yeah. I'm so curious to see that difference. Nice. Like swing path, you're kind of you're talking. Yeah, was it swing path? Right. Was it uh, was it where I contacted the ball on the face? Right. I don't know. Again, not going into details, but there's a lot of things that are being worked on. There's a lot of things that are already available in a space like this, just to figure out how to take your game to the next level, and even just how to gamify practice. Like Mike, mm-hmm. I was showing you this, yeah. how you can create. You can have a little scoring system for how tight you're getting a ball to a pin. Mm-hmm. I was showing you, first thing I showed you, I said, let's stop using the driving range and let's just, you have a, you had a 160 yard club in your hand. I said, let's go to a 160 yard hole and start feeding shots into that green, mm-hmm. right? Instead of me working on my drive on a driving range that's 75 yards in each direction of center where I can hit anywhere and feel comfortable, Put me on 18 at Pebble Beach. Let's see if I can hit my baby draw when it matters. Mm -hmm. And let's hit 50 of those drives at Pebble Beach 18 as opposed to hitting 50 drives on the range. So there's a lot of these examples of how you can practice that's, you know, that gives you more insight, but it's also just more fun and gamified. I think that's going to make you better if you do something and you realize, okay, I got five points doing something today. How do I do it again and get six points or seven points or 10 points? Because the more points you're getting, you could argue the better your game is, right? Mm -hmm. So as opposed to just hitting balls in the range, which JR says you don't do anyways. (laughs) (laughs) This doesn't happen a lot. He saves his good swings and bad swings for the course. (laughs) There's logic in that. Well, I did see, uh, and this may be like a software expansion, but some like carnival games where your target, you're you're almost at like you're hitting balloons or like windows (laughs) or something. I saw something where like the, the Eiffel Tower is in the background. I don't know if that... Those types of games are kind of gimmicky here, but uh, you can do that as well. It it looked like at least uh, what I was looking at. Short answer is yeah. Short answer is yeah. There's different games. There's different modes. Heck, you can turn you can turn one of these par threes into a dartboard, right? (laughs) And hit golf balls. (laughs) That's what I read. There's a lot of things that you can do to have fun, and uh, and I think that's cool. Again, if we're trying to grow the game of golf, right? You know, there's some posts circulating on the internet that are making it all sound fearful that the golf industry is just going to retract now that COVID is coming maybe to an end at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's ending. I'm saying that maybe we see a light at the other end of the tunnel once COVID is behind us. Maybe that thing that brought everybody to golf the last few years, maybe it'll fade away and people will go back away from the game. I don't necessarily think that it's totally possible, but I think that the top golfs of the world are good. Again, they're getting the average mainstream person mm-hmm. to go out and swing golf clubs. Yep. The fact that you can come in here and you don't have golf clothes or a golf hat, or you can even bum your buddy's 
clubs off of him and get in some swings in the middle of winter where you don't need to play 18 holes, concentrated, sitting down, keeping a scorecard because you can jump into a scramble. I think it's just so much more accessible. Mm -hmm. The fact that you can just hit at Eiffel Towers and you can just, <laughs> you can just put targets out on a range and you can make it fun, I think is really important, Yeah. right? And then the person that has fun, if they want to take the next step, there's that rabbit hole, right? You can get right. the club head data. You can put the stickers mm -hmm. on your club head. You can, you can take it that extra step. You can get the coaching. Like it's, it's, a, it's a spectrum. I think it's kind of like, I think simulators are kind of a, I think golf simulators are a bit of a gateway drug into the golf industry as a whole. Mm. And it's going to mean that people are going to come here and they might be more focused on the beer that they're going to have. They may be more focused on laughing at their buddies They might hit seven shots in socks. And that's the end of their playing experience, but they're still swinging clubs. Yeah. That's good. Or I like it. Beer could be a gateway drug to golf. <laughs> <laughs> or the other way around. Or the other way around. That's, That's cool. Too true. Um, well, I don't know if you got any. I got a few more yeah, here, but we can it. get we can get into the back now. I can sure? feather them in. You want to do that? I'll ask one question. Yeah, you, ask you one said question, stickers. We'll go to back nine. Club stickers. So maybe explain that and just what kind of data are you tracking on that and what is that? Yeah. So basic data that's available is stuff like stuff like ball speed, stuff like launch angle stuff like online, offline, stuff that's more related to the ball than the club, I guess is the easiest way, or the, more the ball than the club face. But Foresight Sports has it where you put four little white stickers, which I've tried different types of stickers for some <laughs> reason, so particular about what stickers work and what don't, but you put these on your club head and it gives you a whole new column of data. It'll tell you your club speed. It will tell you your club face. It'll tell you your path. You know, it's good. Are you coming three degrees in to out or three degrees out to in? Mm. Are you, you should be swinging up on a driver. It's kind of interesting when I can see that I'm swinging one degree down on a driver, which is way wrong. And then I can just manipulate my swing a little bit to go from one degree down to two degrees up. Mm. And I see my carry distance increase. You know what I mean? It's you can, these little data points can be used to self-assess and they're a great tool for coaches. Yeah. So a lot of people come in here and they're a growing number of people anyways. It's not for everybody, but for those who want to know the devil in the details, why is my ball slicing? Yeah. And they've spent a little bit of time down the YouTube rabbit hole or they spent a time <laughs> with a coach and they know, okay, face to path is a thing. Your ball is going to go... If you're a right-handed golfer, it's going to go left to right in the air. If your club face is open to your club path, it has. It doesn't matter. Like you could still hit a draw with an open club face, right? As long as your club face is closed to the club path. It's like Tiger right. Woods apparently would always hit draws with an open face hmm. because his path would just be more into out than the actual faces. So once you know this kind of stuff, then you look at the data again, it's, it's very, very cool mm -hmm. and it can just be very basic. Like I'm going to learn how to hit up on my driver yeah. or, you know, we, we're going to provide these numbers to people. How many degrees down should you be hitting on a seven iron? Mm -hmm. 
come in here, you work on that, you see the number, nice. and then there's more things that you can do. That's awesome. Yeah, Impressive. certainly a visual learning tool really helps. Uh, we saw that no free ads at golf tech, but just seeing your own swing mm -hmm. and, and seeing what your club is doing was so helpful. I'd agree. Uh, curious what that, that specific sticker material was. <laughs> Mike might be able to manufacture it, duplicate it. There we go. <laughs> but, uh, I know a guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, the last question mm -hmm. before we sure. get, we got a little back nine. So hopefully you still got six hours here, Luke. <laughs> you guys are sleeping. You guys are staying the night. I thought we so. didn't, uh, we didn't really touch on how many, like how many courses and are there in, in the software or that we can play here? Yeah. You, you pay for the course. Mm -hmm. So we've paid for licenses, which give us access to 144 courses. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's our stack. We could add more tomorrow if we wanted 144 courses, largely focused, I would say largely focused on the U S okay. And we tried to specifically get all the ones that are like, this is where the RBC is every year at right. Harbor town. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, we need to have that course. It's a super challenging course, super beautiful course. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but <laughs> we need to have it cause it's where the pros play. Right. So we tried to get a lot of courses like that. Or for example, there's a course called Glorietta. It's, um, a, it's a fantasy course based on Augusta. Oh, okay. I don't know it's based on Augusta. Very few people are saying that officially. Oh, okay. But play it, you see the pine straw, you see the slopes. It's Augusta-like. It's got Augusta vibes. Wow. I say that to people that come in, boom, they want to play that course. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a tough course. That's what I'm playing tonight. There we go. <laughs> Everybody wants to play the tough course. Everybody wants to play Pebble, yeah. Augusta. There's a reason why the pros play it. Mm -hmm. We also have easier tracks too. So I always ask people, do you want to play a famous challenging course? Or do you want to play an easy kind of scoring course for your first time? And that frames people into one or two categories, but most people play pebble anyways. Okay. <laughs> the boneyard. The, well, the boneyard. that's pretty funny because uh, I was going to get into mm -hmm. longtime listener Stephen Needham right. or Sean Skeen, who's been on the pod. They made a lot of courses on was it the golf club 2019, and I was curious if there was any, yes. you know, software available that you can people can create their own courses for. Um, yeah. for avid golf or for this uh, foresight technology <laughs> and yeah custom courses yeah it's not user generated content yet but maybe <laughs> it'll go there in the future that'd be pretty cool some people come in here and they'll they'll make a joke saying oh what local courses do you have on here and i'm like yeah. shooters <laughs> so it always gets a good laugh when i say you got shooters. something like uh like a shooters or a windsor or a tuxedo so nice, nice. we do need to have more local courses there's a demand for it uh i i hope to see stuff like a falcon a hecla granite right. hills um at some point a, a clear yeah. lake would be awesome but clear we'll lake. see where well, we go sean skeen he and made Falcon uh, Falcon Lake on, mm -hmm. on the video game, and then Needham made Clear Lake and the Royal Assiniboine. Yeah, I thought the base as well. Did and the, the base, he yeah, made the, the base, base too, course. which is kind of funny. Uh, but cool, very cool. And, uh, that's that's all I have right now before okay. we, we get into the back nine. All right, we'll get into the rapid fire round here. Long questions, long answers. Uh, we expect it to be short questions, short answers. But anyways, we'll jump into it. The right. final back nine lightning round for season two. 
and is for Bryce Malachewski, who is investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Give Bryce a shout, 204-515-3446. Great family. Yeah. Met his family. Did you meet the family? You met the uh, family? Well, I met one daughter. Yeah. And his wife. Probably happy to see you if you had a cake with you. Uh, yeah, he certainly was. <laughs> yeah, he certainly was. Yeah. He was uh, Good. Uh, ecstatic to get so, that cake. And he invited me in for a drink. And it was oh, 12 nice. in the afternoon. And I'm like, I got to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Go go see Bryce. Give him a call Typical for uh, investment uh, tips. Or uh, also a very fashionable man. So if you... For jeans. For jeans. So go see him. But uh, I need jeans right now. Oh, Oh, what yeah? are the ones? Oh. What are you wearing? 511s. Five, Levi's 511s. He's at the, Bryce is at the bay on uh, Wednesdays from <laughs> 5 to 9. I'm just kidding. He doesn't I got, work there. I got but. really big legs and even a bigger butt. You think That's he can what help? I got. Yeah? Yeah. It's yes. great for, uh, I'll, here, I'll take them off right now. You can try I will on. try on He's your got pants. PJs on underneath. 511s. <laughs> Check them out. Anyways, no free ads for Levi's, uh, but they work. Um, they work. All right, Luke, you got a you got a nickname. That's what I'm kicking this off with. What do we call you when we roll in here and say, "Hey, Abbot Luke"? Actually, yes. Okay. Yes, that's a that's a self-appointed nickname. Oh, all right. That's kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah, that's a hundred percent it. I'm so glad that you said that. I was gonna say bones or something. I was gonna say bones <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> that's <But> so funny. <laughs> Rick Bonus took that already, so. Oh, okay, so I gotta go coach. unique. Well, I'll go avid Luke. Yeah, avid no, Luke. it's. Uh, I think it's cool. It's what it's anybody that works here gets to be avid something. It's kind of a little bit of a. Yeah, I like it. A little bit of a tip in the hat sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, avid slicer. Avid. <laughs> We've got a few of those in the house. Uh, so okay, we're gonna get on some rapid fire questions. We're gonna throw at you here, uh, avid Luke. Have you ever got a hole in one? Yes. Yes. Tuxedo golf course. Um, My good friend Cody and some other friends say it didn't count because it was a temp hole. Oh, was that uh, eight? It was eight at Tuxedo, but it was over 100 yards. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The ball went in the hole and it was a temp hole, not just for a day, but for like most of the season. Yeah. So that's legit. Yeah. It's it's a hole. Yeah. Did you hit off the grass or the box? Because they had the box there too. I think he was off the grass. Yeah, everyone hit off the grass. <laughs> yeah, and if you if you hit it thin, you'll hit Bryce's house. But uh, <laughs> uh, what about a virtual, or a, I'll call it a, a hole in one at a simulator? The best shot I did, I think it was 190 yards out. I hit a six iron. It landed just short, bounced on, it went in. Oh, that nice. was pretty thrilling wow. too. Like it's not. It, doesn't happen a lot. You know, it's not yeah. any easier to get a hole-in-one in, in no. sim golf. No, it's not. No, it... I guess my only... The only reason I'd say it depends is because, like, there's settings, for example, at, at Golf Zone, uh-huh. which is cool, but if you're not playing on the pro mode, it actually reduces dispersion. Uh-huh. So there's modes you can play, which I think is a good thing for a software product, yeah. but I don't know if everybody knows it. If they're playing on certain settings, it's not quite a true ball flight because it's your slice is not going to slice as much. Right. That said, if you come here and you're playing on a foresight and you hit a shot from 100 yards and you sink it, 
That's freaking rare because they tuck. These holes are so tight how they're cut on yeah. the foresight. If you try the putting, you'll pure a putt back of the cup it'll bounce forward the odd time wow so i say that that's like greenskeeper's revenge or something right, the yeah. hole's like an inch smaller <laughs> or something so if you if you make a shot you make a putt on at least this technology it's pretty freaking rare you should be proud that's cool yeah that's cool. I checked this. I, I YouTubed it as I'm a big Google fan. <laughs> but the random golf club guys there, uh, what's his name? I forget his name now. But uh, they did hole seven at Pebble, and they locked the guy in the simulator, and he just shot shots for two days. It was like 1,700 shots. Oh, wow. Finally got one. But yeah. he lived there for two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we did cool. a hole-in-one challenge on seven at Pebble Beach with the with the Prairie Scratch Tour guys. Oh, nice. And, um, you know, somebody got to one foot, one inch. Wow. And like, great shot. There was a lot of shots peppering the flag. But to go from a few feet in the hole, you can't just... You can't just tell a group of 30 of Manitoba's best golfers, come here for a couple hours. One of you needs to make a hole in one. Yeah. The party would have gone a lot later. (laughs) There's probably like 50 hole in ones between the group of 30 of them. Uh, Well, good point. Yeah. But uh, next one, what is your preferred golf ball brand or model? That's a good question. I was playing Vice all summer. Um, I think Vice is a really good ball in terms of the how it stacks up to a Pro V or a TP5 or a Chrome Soft. Um, and I lose the ball before before it's going to get too worn out anyways. So <laughs> right. it's like I don't necessarily need to pick you know, the most durable ball mm-hmm. necessarily. Uh, not saying that they're not durable, but, uh, you know, We've chosen to go so far with uh, with Pro V's, Titleist Pro V's for Avid Golf. We wanted to have a top of the line gamer. Sure, it gives us a cool marketing edge when we right. can say people, we got Pro V's. Right. Um, but also, again, they're taking a beating against our screens all day. Yeah. People wonder like, oh, I guess I'm not gonna lose a ball at Avid. Yeah, you shouldn't lose a ball, but we have to take them out of circulation all the time because the screen acts like sandpaper. Wow. Mm. So, you know, Uh, I think it's very interesting to see, you know, when we look at the balls and as soon as it starts to look like, eh, that's not a cool Pro V anymore. Let's give it to Mike. (laughs) Well, Mike, if you want to buy for 20 cents on the dollar, 3,000 Pro Vs, talk to me in May 2023. Yeah, (laughs) probably. I could turn those around. Put some 18 over par uh, (laughs) logos on them. (laughs) Paint them again. Uh, so, uh, do you, you supply the balls here or patrons can bring their own balls or both? Uh, both. Yeah. Yeah. We, if it's, if they supply their own ball, it's gotta be new. It's gotta be white. It's gotta be unmarked Oh. for the health of the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's call it. And also for the sensors to be able to pick it up. Yeah. But we, we supply the balls. We supply the tees for tees. We use Bertie. Right. Bertie is a really cool product. It's getting, it was made originally for outdoor golf. So you didn't need to bend over and stick a tee into yeah. frozen ground in some circumstances. But um, it's really good for indoor because if you put a wooden tee in the ground, assuming it can even go in, it generally flies backwards and it's gone into people's eyes. Right. Oh, it's wow. created lawsuits in the States, whereas these ones tend to fly forward. Right. So a birdie is really cool. It looks like an upside down badminton birdie if you guys yeah. haven't uh, haven't seen it before. And it's uh, it has a consistent height. So you know, like I'm, I'm a number seven hitter with my driver. Or when I hit my 
I, you know, if I hit a four iron on a short par four, I'm going to use a number one tee, you know, or if I'm hitting three wood, it's, it's cool in terms of how it can regulate some of that stuff. Smart. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Also made by Yonix, who makes birdies. <laughs> Not true, but uh, uh, that's good. Good to know. Uh, next one. What's your? What would be your favorite, most favorite course to play in Manitoba? It, it honestly could go back to the very beginning. I would. I would have to say Falcon. Yeah, that's a great course. Yeah, it's. You know, the n- nostalgia plays a factor in golf too. It For plays sure. a factor in life. Um, but I remember playing. I remember playing. Uh, at Falcon Lake when I was young and being able to go back there now and mm-hmm. just how the first hole is set up with that shorter par four, slight dog leg left. Yeah. What do you hit? You know, you're driving all the way to Falcon. It's like, do, am I going to hit driver? Do I hit a fairway wood? I could, I could still hit an iron. It's, it gives me all that thought. And then I, I love the setup. I think the ideal golf course does start par four, then par five. Right. And a par four that's like not super challenging, but not the easiest in the course. And then a par five that's scorable. Cause it's like, no matter how, if you came late and you just got out of the car after an hour and a half drive from Winnipeg to Falcon Lake golf course, and you hit a horrible shot off the tee on one, it's like number two is like a little bit of a redemption. Yeah, I got this. Yeah. So super nostalgic, super great start. Falcon Lake. And it's in such good condition for a public golf course. Yeah. Amazes me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've been out there for an, a few years, but, uh, it was immaculate two years ago <laughs> and I'm sure last year, uh, do you got a bucket list course in Manitoba that you've never been to, but you, you really want to get out to? I don't, I don't think I've ever played Hecla. Hecla. Yeah. You gotta one. get out there. We get out there once a year for the champagne championship. Mm-hmm. The bubbly. Actually, I was thinking that Big Cat Levy won't be able to use his yellow balls here because uh, it point. was a, a white balls only. But uh, <laughs> too bad, Matt. Um, we're we're watching the the patrons leave. Give a shout out to the eighteen over par guys over here. <laughs> thanks give a, for give a shout out to some in. some Prairie Scratch Tour members here. Oh too. wow! Oh, yeah, get. I'll, they'll have to autograph my hat. <laughs> <laughs> and give me some lessons. Uh, next one here. Uh, what would be the most memorable course that you've ever played, in your opinion? Mm, memorable course. Probably Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines. Ooh. I say it even though I forget half of it. <laughs> you know, I was a little younger, a little less focused ah, on... Yes. Like, if I played it now, I'd, I'd probably probably have to put like a webcam on my forehead or something just to be like oh my god guys i did this yeah exactly <laughs> but uh you know we, I, I got some wonderful pictures of it it was a it was a great chance to play a really famous course and it's still that idea like wow i was there you know um mm-hmm. so yeah tory pines was a really cool memorable from its level of fame um but I still think I'd go back to Falcon Lake in terms yeah. of uh, just close my eyes and imagine me playing a course. I'm going to play a course like that. And it's amazing that we have some great options so close. Like mm, I know a lot of guys will go to, uh, what is it, Bend and Dunes? Yeah. Yes. Or, you know, it's, you know, a lot of golf courses like that. And it's like, you know what, that's phenomenal. I understand that's next level, let's call it. But right. the fact that you can play 
golf courses. The fact that you can play like a desert nine at Cory Oaks is so cool. Yeah. Like there's a lot of awesome stuff here. So, uh-huh. you know, I, I loved being a Glendale member this year. If I have any regret about how I did this year, it's just, I played Glendale too much uh-huh. and I wish I would have played a bit of everything mm-hmm. pros and cons to doing the membership thing right. versus playing everywhere. But I think next mm-hmm. year I'll do both. I'll spend a lot of time at one golf course at Glendale golf and country club. And I got to spend more time checking out places like Corey. Right. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So many great courses in the province and then in the country too, you had me set up at Cabot link or Cabot cliffs. Um, uh, well, I was kind of doing my session before this, but are, are there any other Canadian courses you got in the mix? Yeah, I. You're putting me on the spot. Sorry. I hardly remember the list. Um, I think is Rattlesnake a Canadian course? That's I feel like question. it is. I don't know. Cody, you got the list of Canadian courses there. Welcome, oh, Cody. Wow. Yeah. Cody Shout saves the Cody. day. Shout out to Avid Cody. Avid Cody. Holy smokes. Okay, so let's see what we got here. We got uh, Credit Valley, Rattlesnake. We have Cobble Beach, Laura Bay. We have Essex. We have Blue Springs. We have Glen Abbey. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we have, uh, we have Glen Cairn. Nice. Or is that how you pronounce it? Glen Cairn or Glen, Glen Carney? Uh, Glen Cairn. Glen Cairn. Glen Cairn. You got to say it with a little bit of a... <laughs> Cairn. A little bit of... Uh, and we have La Tempête, which is a really cool golf course in Quebec. Nice. Nicknamed The Storm. Right so, on. yeah, a oh, couple of good Canadians. Got yep. some options. Uh, I actually missed the two coolest ones, perhaps, is Cabot Cliffs and Cabot Links. We added yeah, them very recently, too, yeah. in Nova Scotia. I think Golf Digest ranked uh, Cabot Cliffs number one course in Canada and uh, Cabot Cliffs number nine in the global ranking. Wow. So I don't know who makes these rankings, but it sounds nice and it it means that it's a very beautiful golf course. So it's cool that again, some place that's so well known and respected that's getting so much hype publicly like Cabot Cliffs, you could say, come and play it here. Yeah. I just wish we had Kananaskis because we got that big, beautiful mural right. yes. and right. it's like, oh, I want to play that course. It's like, yeah. darn it. Well, we could pump a seven iron into the, the that mural. <laughs> no, I don't think that'll work very this well. This sleepover <laughs> might end short. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move the interview along. Uh, next one, what is your career low round? Yeah, I shot a couple 76s at Breezy Bend nice. from the Blues. Hey, that's, 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 that's pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Breezy ate us both up with, with, this with year. no mulligans <laughs> and with no, he was in the bush for way too long. How did he find that? So pretty straight up proud of it and yeah, no, and no seven foot gimmies. <laughs> no auto putts. No, no auto putt using the PGA tour averages. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good. Awesome. And yeah, I saw your uh, 7.5 ha- uh, index on Golf Canada. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's a lot wow. better than better mine. Than us. <laughs> Mine's 17.2, so staying true to the 18 over par name. There we go. Most JR. people don't understand the handicap system. Like, I'm going to assume that you do, Mike, but oh, when you say, okay, when somebody no says they're handicapped, they'll be like, oh, my handicap is, is, uh, is 10. And then it's like, okay. And then they think that that means that their average round is an 82. Yeah. But no, if you're a 10 handicap, it probably means that your average round is like an 85. 
yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because you're only taking, the handicap takes your best eight out of 20. Yeah. And most mm. people don't know that. So most people, when they say what their handicap is, it's actually higher than it really is. Cause they're saying, they would say I'm an 18 handicap. I'm playing bogey golf. Mm. If you're playing bogey golf, you're probably like a 14, 13, 12. Mm. Cause you're going to have the odd round that's mid eighties. Right. And then based on the course and how it's indexed, and maybe you play blues with your buddies. Yeah. So, you know, to be a 7.5 doesn't mean my average round is, uh, you know, is a 79.5. Yeah. Um, you know, it's meaning I'm playing a lot of low eighties golf. I will shoot a 90 every once in a while, mm -hmm. but if I squeeze out at the odd 78, you know, it drops everything down. So yeah. anyways, it's good that it, I think people, more people should know this because then when you realize that it's okay to have 12 out of 20, horrible rounds yeah. and it's not going to affect your cap. A more people will be honest about what they're scoring. For sure. People will be a little bit less stressed because you want to make golf fun. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the whole yeah. point. And then once you start getting into slope ratings and uh, you know, so many other yes. different variables in this, it gets kind of confusing because yeah. I've, I've read it and I've also spent hours on the phone <laughs> with golf Canada as we've talked about in season one, but nice people over there, they'll actually answer your call. So uh, you've tried. <laughs> I have, I have. Okay. Wildcard question uh, in my rabbit hole uh, of research, I saw the multi-sport capabilities. So you could, uh, you know, they use these G-Hawks for like soccer training oh, really? uh, wow. or like baseball or other sports. Uh, could you do that here? That's another software um, <laughs> add-on, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you can really, I guess it would be fun to do, but I'm not sure how many people are looking to practice their football skills in winter. <laughs> You know, I had the first person called yesterday and said, hey, I see you have foot golf on your simulators. Foot golf. Wow. Okay. Like the first person that's asked about some of these features. Yeah. So honestly, you know, in thinking about having the chat with you guys today, there is a lot of people that know a lot more about simulators than I do. Right. <laughs> and uh, and I, I love the fact that I get to nerd out and learn from some of these people. Mm -hmm. Some people will spend three years researching and I'm like, oh man, I had to try to figure everything out like fast and rely on qu quick opinions of people in the know. But now I'm just learning. I'm learning, oh, well, maybe we should have got projectors that support 4K uh -huh. as opposed to 1080p limitations, right? Or maybe we should have done this or that. But at the end of the day, it's... Um, you know, you learn as you go and back to some of the features that you have in the, the technology. I'm still learning. I don't know what foot golf is. Yeah. I haven't tried it. I think you actually, I have a feeling it's got a soccer related component here. And I think it's actually done on a limited number of courses. Right. Like you could play uh, foot golf on Pebble Beach hmm. and I guess you kick it towards a target. Yeah. But uh, these are kind of little, uh, little yeah. hidden gems that we'll have to figure out over time. But again, only one person has asked for it right. so still to know that much 
Yeah, and and I didn't even that see one foot know golf. That. Yeah, that that sounds like something. That sounds like what you were doing on the putting green on your trick shot Instagram <laughs> right. video. This was like on the screen. There was a, a soccer net, and you would be you would kick it at a soccer net at targets. Oh, okay. Uh, so you oh, weren't actually playing. Interesting. Uh, golf with a soccer ball, which yeah. I have heard of. Before. Some simulators are multi-sport too. Like I think uh, I could think of yeah. one place. Uh, you know, I'll plug them. Chronic Golf. Um, I don't know if they're doing things right or wrong, but a uh, good thing for them is like, it's like, okay, they're a simulator business, but they have multi-sport. But I, I personally feel, I like the expression in business that the best restaurants aren't buffets. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, you got to pick your lane. Yeah. It's not saying Avid Golf is only interested in the golf obsessed people that care about club head data and want to come in here in the middle of winter and hit clubs, hit balls seven days of the week. Mm -hmm. No, but at the end of the day, when you're communicating, when you're thinking about your products and services, you think, what person am I curtailing everything to? Who am I targeting? Who am I thinking about when we plan everything that we're doing in this space? And that's an avid golfer. And if a non-avid golfer walks in, great. If a non-golfer walks in, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. But the idea is, is if you love something as much as I love something, and if that thing is at all related to golf, give in to your obsession, be obsessed, come and golf, come and have fun. And at least for me, that led to a, a better life. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, oh yeah, our flagship yeah. question uh -oh. of the back nine lightning round, Luke, uh -oh. avid Luke, Bones. <laughs> what is your what is your favorite condiment? Orange ranch. Orange ranch. Okay, I've never heard of this. Yeah. So, some people know me might laugh when they hear that, but it's spicy mayo. Okay. Oh. Spicy mayo, but I was like, I would. I would have showered in ranch dressing when I was a little younger. I loved it that much. Everything from eggs to a lot of people do it with ketchup, but yeah. for me it was ranch. Yeah. But then as soon as spicy mayo got introduced to me, I still saw it as ranch, but it was orange. Mm. <laughs> so for me, it'll forever be known anytime anybody gets spicy mayo from anywhere, it's that is orange ranch and that stuff should be drank just like... Just like a shot of alcohol should be drunken. <laughs> that it could is, be uh, one of your cocktails here, an orange ranch. An orange ranch. <laughs> Some yeah. shooters. Some shooters. And then oh, dip, your, dip your sandwich in it or whatever if you want. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I like space, spicy mayo. Spicy mayo is good. I got no complaints with spicy mayo. Yeah. Or spicy aioli. Isn't it the same? Do we talk I about mayo so, aioli? Yeah. Aioli is just a, probably a fancy term for yeah. mayonnaise. Rebranded. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's good. What I got a PSA. Oh, sure. Public service announcement <laughs> for our acronym friends. Uh, I was told you should not be hitting, like, obviously it's winter here. It, some people might keep their golf clubs in the garage. Mm. Uh, I do not. I keep them in the basement because Ditto. I care about my golf clubs. Uh, but if you're hitting cold golf clubs, that could be, you could be damaging your clubs is what I heard because the glue is, uh, could come become loose because mm. it's very cold and your, your club head could fly off and hit that $50,000 G-Hawk up there. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've heard this, Luke. Yeah, that's, 
that's such a awesome nerdy thing that you know, Mike. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, that is really cool. And you're totally right. I've heard that the just temperature change. Yeah. So I was told even in the summer, don't keep your clubs in your car because mm. the glue, something with the glue inside the clubs, yeah. they're not going to last as long. So you're a thousand percent right. Uh, I've. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I've just decided on a few tests that I want to do here. Like I think tomorrow we're going to be doing a test like range ball versus Kirkland golf ball mm. versus Pro V right. and see like what the data looks like. Nice, yeah. You know, it's going to soft sell like come to Avid because like we're, we supply you with gamer golf balls. Right. But <laughs> like at the end of the day, it's the idea is like this is going to make a difference. What you put, what ball you put makes a big difference. I went to golf son and I put my shoes in the intakes for the uh, platform yeah. and oh, I yeah. put TP five picks on the, uh, on the tee and I immediately gained five yards plus hmm. in average oh. carry distance, at least five, at least. So it's, and who doesn't want five or 10 more yards. And yeah. it's like, you don't mm -hmm. always think about that. Okay. This is the ball I'm hitting. How is it correlating, right? So I think to that point about the clubs, we're gonna be doing a test here, cold nice. clubs versus not cold oh, clubs, cool. and that's see smart. if it, I don't know if it affects the life. I think you're a thousand percent right. Does it affect the ball shot? Yeah, mm, certainly, I would think so. Most importantly, does it affect yeah. the ball? I think it affects my hockey shot as well, but I leave my <laughs> sticks in the in the car. Good point. We'll blame it on that. Yeah. Anyways. Mike, Mike, we might have to do this test tonight while you're here, while I we're doing so. the Murphy beds from the walls and the pajama party. That's you're right. going to be the tester, the guinea pig, the tight yeah. dispersion guy. <laughs> Look for, I could be the, the, uh, the tester, the test driver. Good. There we go. But that's my PSA for today. Well, thanks, Mike. And thanks, Luke. That was the back nine lightning round. The final one for season two, and it is for Bryce Matlaszewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce, 204-515-3446. Really appreciate you coming on the show, spending a bunch of time with us. If people want to find you, how do we find Avid Golf? Yeah, Google search. I think Kate has done a really good job, Avid Kate, <laughs> in terms of... Uh, in terms of making sure that we're pretty well known in the world of Google, which is your world, Mike. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. The Googler. Yes. So when you Google Avid Golf, our website pops right up. From our website, you'll see we're pretty active on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And uh, yeah, go to the website, see what's up. Um, and that's where you can book your tea times as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's a big, beautiful green book now button and you can actually see the six bays. Uh, we have club head data available in bay five and bay six. And if somebody wants that, they should add into the note. I want club head data. So we don't reprioritize oh. you to another bay. We'll make sure you get that as long as Darren, Brett or Bree don't need that bay. Right. Um, then it's open to the public, but stickers on your club head have fun. But anyway, six bays to choose from. It shows the pricing per bay right in there, which varies a little bit depending on time. So it's cheaper Tuesday morning than it would be Friday evening. There's also hours and pricing available on the website. So please book. And if not, call in and we'll help you book over the phone too. Right on. Facts yeah. in. Facts, facts in your bookings. <laughs> we always joke about facts, but I'm sure you don't have a facts. We, we get the system. odd booking request through Instagram, and it's like, just just do it the proper way, please. Right. Yeah. yeah. Some people are lazy. Some, Some people don't people. know what the internet is. Yeah. <laughs> don't know that Instagram is run on the internet. 
But anyways, they aren't our listeners. But uh, finally, huge shout out to the Nick and Nicky group of DQs. We're going to fax you some goodies from the Nick and yeah. Nicky group of DQs, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park and the Food Court, DQ Neverville and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. And as well, stay and play packages 2023. Thanks again for Oak Island Resort and Golf for coming on as our destination sponsor for this past wow. season. We will see you, Oak Island, next year in 2023. And thank you so much for listening, Luke. Thanks again for coming on, Mike. Love you. Bryce Malashewski, we love you. Stay safe. Have a great holiday season. And we'll see you in 2023. Thanks for the fun. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. A hidden gem no more. Enjoy one of the top stay-and-play packages in Manitoba at Oak Island Resort and Golf, just southwest of Brandon. Designed by one of the most prolific course architects in the country, you can enjoy over 6,600 yards of challenging and unforgettable golf amidst beautiful prairie wetlands and some of the best putting services on the planet. Once you've putted out on 18, relax in one of the four fully equipped cabins on site while your hot dog or burger cooks on the BBQ. Or if camping is your thing, you can stay at one of the nearly 400 fully serviced sites. Book today by visiting oakislandmb.ca. Des and Andrea would love to see you down there and tell them 18 over par sent you and Mike and I will buy you around. That's oakislandmb.ca to book your stay and play package now or click on the link in our pod show notes. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in the Food Court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats.